Hello, Red vs. Blue fans, and welcome back to another episode of the AfterBuzz TV Red vs. Blue After Show. Today we are covering episodes 9 through 12, Club, Call, Consequences, and Fight the Good Fight. We'll see you after the opening. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. These were amazing. Oh my god, you guys. I, yeah, I don't think we can emphasize that enough. Like, I think probably the only thing that made these episodes better when we initially watched at least the first one was being at RTX. Yeah, oh, I was really, yeah. really jealous of how that ended up working out. Especially after seeing this. It was madness, pure madness. Oh my god, it was a thing of wonder and beauty sitting in that panel and watching 5,000 people come to the same realization at the same time. We will get into that in just a moment. Welcome back. We are back with the Red vs. Blue After Show. We are having a wonderful time here tonight. With me, of course, is Mark Donica. Hey, everybody. You can find me on Twitter at Mark B. Donica. That's Mark B. Donica with a B. That's all I got. <laughs> okay. Megan Salinas. Hey, guys. You can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. And I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaget. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. Uh, we have the live chat up. We have the hashtag going. It is A-B-T-V-R-V-B. If you've got something fun to say, if you have any commentary or questions, throw them in the live chat, throw them in the hashtags. You may well get a shout out. We got them. Woo. This this episode, I, I just, my brain. Oh my so, god, you guys, this is amazing. Is it safe to say that this is the most mind-blowing thing Red vs. Blue has done since they started introducing animation? Um, I I would say no. I think the most mind blowing thing was the was is the fight between Tex and everybody else, yeah. which was just the first huge like, okay, we're getting something different. Or when which, the, when the when the car blew through the dam. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, and like the first time they introduced animation, I screamed mm -hmm. when that car blew through that wall. Um, so yeah, I I my mind hasn't been blown like that since all those years ago when mm -hmm. that happened. What was that season? That was eight? season eight. Mm. Holy cow! <laughs> I should know. I have season eight basically memorized. Yeah, everyone's but... got one. That one's mine. <laughs> season six for me. Um, but yeah, no, this was absolutely fantastic. It was something new. Uh, it was some you know familiar characters, but also a lot of new stuff. The art was fantastic. Mm. So much of this was good. The this could have style, been a movie in and of itself. The art style came across very much like Borderlands, and if I'm remembering correctly, this was made in Maya, which is also the program that they are switching to for Ruby. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it can handle a, it can handle a much much heavier load than Poser can. It's made to do stuff like this. And so um, I spoke with Gray at one point, and he said that a lot of what they did in this episode, it wasn't Gray, it was someone else. I'm losing my mind. Was RTX it, was like four weeks ago. Was it Jordan? Was it, it Kyle? Was it? It was after the uh, classic anime panel, so it was one of the animators. It was someone else. I, I'm sorry, my brain just... I spoke with a lot of really great people RTX weekend, and so it's like I've just meshed them together into a ball of awesome. Anyway, they were talking about how these three episodes, how this Merc trio was kind of a test run and that a lot of what they did in terms of techniques would be implemented in the next volume of Ruby. And they also, so but, that's one hell of a test run. Yeah, well, they also didn't they also mention that the first, that club took the longest because of all of the experimentation that they were doing, if I remember correctly, from the Red vs. Blue panel itself? Possibly. 
That's, that's, that's something that I remember. That's not a detail I remember, but yeah. if you remember it, I trust you on that one. Well, I, I, because they cataloged all of the all of the panels, I went back and, and watched them after the fact. Uh, and, and that's something yeah. that I distinctly remember. Because they, for three episodes, just wrapping on the third one, like, the two weeks before, is, I mean, that's crunch time, and that's what it's like to be an animator. But yeah. still, yeah. if they started, they said they started production on Mercs, like, last year. And it's July, so that's that's a pretty long production time for. But the yeah. result shows, and it, it's absolutely a shining beacon. Uh, and f- that wasn't even supposed to be a Ruby Pond, and I apologize. Good um, enough. A, shi- we'll a, take it. a shining beacon in what this animation department has to offer, and what they have offered, and what they can still do. Yeah, and how skilled and talented, and just altogether awesome they are. Because this this was it was beautiful. There's no other word for it. This may be the most beautiful thing. <laughs> versus blue has ever given us it was visually. so yes. much yeah yes. visually. visually emotionally That's- i've got a few other beats i'd like to pause it but visually this was incredible had mm-hmm. such a great time with this um you're absolutely right i would love to see it as a full-length movie that would just be fantastic yeah i kept thinking i was like when did we get when did this series turn into the departed when did departed. it become a quentin tarantino movie it was so about great. episode two in this trio with that phone call because <laughs> it was so much fun to watch felix getting played screw uh, just squirm and oh yes. my god this and dude oh my someone god. bigger and badder calling him on his BS bullshit. <laughs> you, yeah, no, they I, swear bullshit. in this show. Yes. We can, okay. They swear that, in this show. We can do the thing. Exactly. Um, and and speaking and and I know we're kind of jumping around, but Ruben is one of the most scary villains that the the entire series has seen, and he's and we only saw him using his words and yeah. in, and influence and and his power and influence in uh, in his men and the attack on the quarry and at the end of episode three. Like I feel like we're we're just going to be talking about the Merc trilogy and not barely. Even about the okay, PSA. you know what? Let's let's knock out the PSA first, then, okay. so we yeah, don't tack it on fight. at the end. So we're gonna talk about fight the good fight for a little bit. And this was, it wasn't my favorite thing that I've ever seen this season. I liked it more than a few other episodes, but it was definitely funny. Mm-hmm. I just the detail I could not get over was the blue flag color corrected to be red. And I'm like, no, that's the birds. I have a blue team shirt and that... I I very much enjoyed it, and I very much enjoyed seeing the Halo 2 uh, engine come back for a little bit. And even with all of their... um, Logos. All of their logos that we haven't seen since... Was it season three when they managed to figure out a way to get rid of those? It, it's been a long time, so seeing mm. those logos again, I was like, "Oh, I remember those. Those were great." It, it's the inside jokes that that we all loved from the the previous seasons, but also it, visually, I should say, but um, also the actual content being uh, like a like a classic PSA, but also bringing into the story that both of these armies armies were brought into existence from the same people. It, it yeah. was it was fun, but it still had a little bit of the the like darkness behind it because well, it's it was and, and here's the continuity bit that I don't get and that I've been trying to parse out and this is just me being a stickler for details in a series where you really can't afford to do that. So this is obviously set somewhere between seasons five and six, about what, fourteen months before season six? Uh, after Griff gets promoted, but prior to everybody getting shipped out. Yeah. Yeah, and Church says he's been at the base for what, fourteen months, give or take? There I think that was it. Yeah. I've so. been here for what day is it? Tuesday. I've, I've been, been here, here fourteen, 14 months. months. What? <laughs> <laughs> By <yourself>? yourself? 
<laughs> season six was a masterpiece, you it's guys. It's been really, really nice. <laughs> yeah. But the, the fact that they said it then, and we get these fun little details, but we also have, why is freelancer still making propaganda for this when this is the point where it starts falling apart? Can, can I point out something? Do it. Uh, having worked for the government, it's not a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figure it's also something up until the last hour is when you just need to get as many hangers on for a cause as, as you can. Yeah. How do you have that? You're being investigated. How do you? I don't know. Don't ask me to explain. I was going to say, this might just be the start of the letter correspondence. That's true, too. And, and it's also, if, if if you're being investigated, that is not the time to do stuff out of the ordinary. So that's that's when you have to keep up with appearances. You have to keep asking for Everything's more numbers. Fine. Everything's fine. Exactly. Everything's normal. And we don't, we don't know at what point in the Halo world this is all taking place either. Uh, so Because what are dates? Well, and again, so we don't know what's going on in the war right the now. The one thing that we have for that, and again, this is taking stuff they said in season one as canon as Griff throws out something about, I thought I'd be fighting aliens, and then Master Chief went and blew them all up, and here I am. So we can, and the fact that we have shirts that say Blood Gulch 2552, it's kind of like... Okay, if we take that as a tentative starting point, that season one is that year, we can kind of... Because 2552 is also when Halo 1 takes place. Yeah, so it's still kind of I think wonky wars, on when we are right now. If the war's not over, then it's ending, because there was talk about after the war in that letter correspondence, and that's why Freelancer is being investigated, because the war is over, and now they have time to do this. And also, we're calling it a PSA, but is is it considered a PSA? It's canon. Just because, okay, yeah. so it's not a PSA, we're just calling it. Like, we're that's just calling it, it a PSA. Okay. It feels a lot like a PSA. Like okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the whole, the, I really liked going back to this point in time in particular, because Reconstruction was when everything went, went to, to hell. hell. In a really great way. Season six is still my favorite season. Um, but yeah, the this whole thing, I get it. But like again, having worked for the government, it does not surprise me at all. I think you should stop saying that. They <laughs> that the that best thing to say live on the internet? It was a long time ago that I worked so for the government. So de- everything's declassified. <laughs> but I'm just saying that when you work for the government, things can move slower than you anticipate. There's a lot of red tape you have to go through. Mm. So, I mean, dismantling this particular program... Probably it was probably easier to just keep it running than it was to sit down and dismantle it. Why's it gotta be red tape? That my favorite ridiculous detail <laughs> on this is that this is when Griff sun. had the fold-out magazine, Santo was on the fold-out. Like <laughs> I don't know why, but that I love. Wait, Santa, Santa, Santa or? Claus. Santa. Okay, because we have a character named That's Santa. True. So I, I straight up Santa Claus was on the foldout, uh. and then this is this is something I missed when we were filming the reaction video. Was just that he goes dibs like oh, it's the international law of dibs. Yep, I'm so happy. So yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun seeing the more classic versions of the characters of Sarge showing up every time someone said Sergeant. Mm-hmm. And then just the very last little we'll fix it in post bit when they very, very obviously did not. <laughs> oh, we'll fix it in post. That's one of the oldest production jokes. I just want to say thank you, RVB Descriptive Audio, for saying everyone working for the government agrees. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're just... I, Apparently I, the book also has dates. 
The book has a timeline. I don't think the timeline has dates. The time kind of works with like five years before Blood Gulch and two years after Blood Gulch, and that that's it's very uh, wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Exactly. Stuff. At least it's a point of reference. That's true. It's been very helpful. I'm a fan of a good rug. That's all I have to add. Um, but I mean, I have no idea what you're talking about. More like a rug. Never mind. Um, oh, okay. Yes, it. there you go. Um, Yay. Yeah, I just I, I think the best thing I've contributed so far is that uh, red that red tape joke. So I think I'm gonna check out. <laughs> what can it be? Dirty blue tape. <laughs> It's been a long gain, day, hasn't it? That's been a long year. Um, it's been a long everything. Yeah, I think my gain on my mic's a little bit too yeah, high. Yeah, I think your mic's going a little crazy. So, yes. Um, does anyone have anything else to say about this PSA? Just, it was funny. And uh, after what a wonderful trilogy the Merc thing was, it was nice to see the reds and blues again. It was, yeah. a, it was a nice palate cleanser. Yeah. It was a blast. And it was. I, I love that it was very, like, 1940s, 1950s. Red oh. scare, and I I love a good like propaganda parody. Like that's oh, always yeah. fun. Yeah, and just the crack about. Well, they say it's because we had good propaganda, but really there are just that many stupid people out here. And I'm like, oh <laughs> no, I live in LA. Was terrible. There's that many stupid people on the 405 at 5 p.m. Let's be real. <laughs> you can just, yeah. Anywho. Regional humor. Anywho. Anywho, let's 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 get back to the Mercs because oh my god, I I've said this All more right. than once, and now that I know that Miles has actually seen where I've said it, I might as well put it out there. I didn't care about the Mercs when we started. Like, you can go back and watch the after shows. They were very interesting as characters, but the fans went crazy over them, and I was just like, they exist. Felix is an interesting study in raging sociopath, and Locus is an interesting study in, oh, it's okay, you were... No, no, it's not okay. You still make choices. But it was never like, I love them forever, like so much of the internet seems to do. Um, the, these episodes made me care. Mm. Like, like a lot. I, I went from zero care to lots of care, and that's really hard to do, because usually when I start at zero care, it's hard to get above oh, one or two. I just real I, I I thought they were very interesting characters. I liked them, and I'd like to see Locus come back at some point. Um, oh sure. But I think the introduction I, of Cyrus made the two of them that much more interesting. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And just getting to see canonically their faces, and they talked about it on the panel. There was a little bit of hesitation in terms of like, should we even do this? And they were like, well, this particular art form is so stylized, like we're okay with showing these characters' faces because it is such a particular art style. And they also said, canonically, it happens before any of them even get close to a suit, so it wouldn't make sense for them to, to have... keep wearing masks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the way that they uh, did the, the color scheme was great. I'm a big fan of uh, New Orleans. And, uh, and, and did you notice they were all secondary colors? Yeah. Well, and also speaking to their original appearances, I, I, I really liked Felix, but I thought... He's. It's a little bit too weird that he seems like an amalgam of all these characters, and and so it was like yeah, he he already felt like he didn't belong because we already had that in multiple people. Mm-hmm. So when if this is a spoiler, I have no idea why you're watching. So when <laughs> so when he turned, I felt I knew there was something wrong about this bastard, and 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 I and uh, Locus was consistently interesting throughout yeah. throughout the entirety of it. 
Yeah. Um, I, I think it was Daft Prodigy that phrased it as Locust looks like a brick house built of brick houses and Felix looks like a single angry pipe cleaner. <laughs> and that has been my well, favorite description because it's so true. I love the body type differences. I love the fact that, you know, two out of three of the, the mercs in this trilogy are people of color, yeah. you know, who's Asian. Um, and Locust is Hispanic, it looks like. His last name is Ortiz. Ortez. Ortez, Ortez? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And then, like... Yeah, it was just, and their body types are so completely different too. Cyrus is a freaking cyborg, like yes, Ironwood. robot legs. So robot legs. It was the coolest thing. And then, yeah, just seeing how how big Locus actually is out of that suit, and, because everybody looks like they're the same height mm -hmm. when um you know because in the game cinema. engine. But it was so cool to see the height differential between him and Felix when, you know, further on down the road for them, the power differential is so, you know, skewed in the opposite way. And, and the fact that uh, Locus still wears a mask. He wears the makeup to cover up the scar. Like, still shows that he has a lot to hide, and we, we haven't even scratched the surface of who this character is. Well, and see, I looked at the makeup thing from a very practical standpoint, because you have a big X-shaped scar across your face. I'm like, no, I watched Veroni Kenshin in high school. That's, that is an identifying mm -hmm. mark that is really hard to hide. So if you're going undercover and you don't want people to know who you are, it makes sense to be like, let's just cover that up. Let's do that. That yeah, works. You can have a couple meetings. Well, I like it. yes. Um, but I definitely looked at it from a very practical standpoint. Well, his insistence on code name, I mean, you can't, definitely yeah. the practical standpoint, of course, he's a hes a pragmatist. Um, but uh, something else is that you can look at it as he's got a lot to hide. Because one thing he keeps falling back on is code names. Mm -hmm. We need to stick to our code names. So it is both. It's, it's one of those things where it's like that's the practical and that's the more metaphorical aspect of it. You're a great peacekeeper. You're great you're the great equalizer. Yep. Um, but <laughs> that's me. Because we have the picture of it, um, the chills that I got from the initial reveal oh, are yeah, are this... consistent. Like Oh the, my god. Like Every time you watch it. Not <laughs> just the color, but the the markings with the lasers is just one of the, the coolest things that animation has done without any dialogue. I'd say that is the best frame shot that we have this yeah. season. And just sitting at RTX, having them show this, sitting at this, because this is the spot where most people figured out, oh my What's God, they're the Mercs. Like, this is where they made it real obvious. Yeah, if you and guys are listening on iTunes, switch it over to YouTube real quick. Yeah, mm -hmm. and just hearing the room erupt into screams once everyone cottoned on as to what was happening was... A thing of wonder and beauty, like that one framed shot was well, just. I would argue oh that God. the shot of Griff, uh, the minifigure Griff with the empty plate after he ate the pizza, <laughs> is the greatest shot of the season so far. But it's agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. That's fine. Well, mm. for me personally, I am a sucker for a silhouette, mm. and these episodes definitely, especially the first one um, at the club, it definitely played with that. And I, I like I said, I'm a sucker for it. So. Seeing the way they stylistically chose to illustrate the fight scenes, to introduce these characters, it was something I was like 100% behind. I'm like, And just the scene changes where they were interspersing the dance floor and the club itself with the fight done the completely in silhouette. That's so just, good. 
oh, that whole montage is just like, I'm just going to lie here for a minute. I think I need a cigarette. That's that's kind of where we are right now. Yeah. It was incredible. But speaking of transitions, the, the utilization of uh, inferring one move leading to another move and figuring out what the bar, what what happening on the dance floor meant for hap- what was happening in the fight and I, I'm a fan of a good gun throw personally yeah. so yes. the throwing of the shotgun back and then shot is, is like yeah a lot of great fight choreography in this that is unlike any of the other fights that we see and visual parallelism oh my god and just if we can go back to that second image what I love is that someone pointed out on iTunes that when they did this with the silhouettes, it looked like the late, the mid two thousands iPod ads where they have them dancing and the only it's the headphones. I just you know it does look a, especially right. because of all the dancing and everything like that. I I totally get that as well. But the thing that it reminded me of, uh, and maybe it was just because it had that spy sort of gangster thing, was the opening of Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with less cards, but uh, look at this yeah it was like watching the opening of casino royale with like a quentin tarantino's like uh score set to yes. it with the uh, with the trumpets it was just yeah I, i'm not a music major but that it sounded perfect all of the all of these elements came together wonderfully and if we're talking about visual glory i, I took a screen cap of the one other shot that i wanted to show off that i thought was incredible for a completely different reason we're looking at episode three and just the blood spatter on the window framing Felix and what we know is Gabriel's dead body is just, oh, this is so good. The Look color at that composition, the framing, the everything. <laughs> See, Megan is the one that speaks film language. I don't even speak this language and I can sit here and go, oh my God. Yeah, if you if you guys know what rule of thirds is, this this shot definitely has that in space. It looks like a Renaissance painting. <laughs> like you could overlay that proportional spiral, and it would just be perfect. Someone please do that. Someone you you know the spiral the, the golden ratio. Someone overlay that on here and I'll see if it further. matches because it looks like it does. I'll go on further. Make that a tapestry. Ooh. <laughs> we'll see it next year at RTX because that's about how long it'll take. I just I just want to see if the golden ratio matches on this one. Like I, mm. I feel like it might. It's that's but that's pretty. me. This this is an incredible shot of again one of the creepiest villains we've had so far. I'm still gonna put the meta as my number one villain. Oh, meta partially for sure. because I'm a diehard and partially because. I haven't come across another villain in media where they start playing the theme and I sit there feeling really uncomfortable well, like someone's going to die. That's because the meta has the best theme. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> it's just the way it is. I, I think the, the the issue, one of the one of the best storytelling things that we had is we got to see uh, both Felix and Locus in a way that, as, a, as protagonists, uh, yeah. un, unlike a way that we've seen, but we, we got a chance to really root for them and see how powerful they were and and their strength in their team no matter whether there was miscommunications or not uh flashbangs regardless uh and then that <laughs> Felix. Im- immediately getting turned on its ear in the in the second episode when they call when they make the call to Ruben yeah it's Man. it's so You're fascinating a fucking idiot <laughs> oh my god I, I wrote down so many things i definitely wrote down the blonde bisexual bridesmaid thing because oh my god felix <laughs> that is the unicorn, the unicorn of club girls, of club girls. 
Oh my God, Felix! <laughs> Everyone knows you're gay for locusts. Shut up. But I, <laughs> but it was. I mean, again, it's something. It humanizes them a lot, and we we have it with the opening narration of like they didn't just become what they were overnight. But at the same time, you can totally see all of the seeds planted for their future relationship dynamics because we've got. Felix, even though I feel like he's more sincere here than he is later on down the road, oh, he's yeah. still very manipulative and he still has that classic sociopath of like, we do this, we do this, and it's ultimately good and we reunite a family and everybody wins, guys. You're not he's, thinking about it pragmatically. He's still a really good, like, spin guy. He <laughs> is. fantastic. He's a horrifying spin doctor, but he's... He's quite good at it. And I, I, I feel like this takes place after the war because there was talk about how Cyrus found Locus and Felix like as a pair and Locus, and Felix continually referencing that Locus is broken. You said the C word. Therapy, I guess. Your broken brain. That like, broken brain. Hammering that fucking brain of yours. I have the a really... opposite of what you said. <laughs> yeah, I have a hard time believing that this was before the war in any capacity. Yeah, oh, of course no. not. Yeah. No, not at all because we know what when Locus was broken. Yeah, um, that, yeah we got to see that in full color. Talking, talking about Cyrus, though, I have a theory, and maybe maybe it's too early to talk about theories. Uh, Is it too I'll early to talk it. about yeah, go ahead, No, sorry, it's then. not too early. Um, we'll bring it back. But uh, <laughs> in the opening narration, it's talking, I feel like it's a little bit of a misdirect, because it's talking about, like, if you could go back in time and kill Hitler, you know, would you do it when he's just a young, starving painter who just wanted to paint? Could you do it? Could you murder him in cold blood? And I feel like out of the three of them, Locus and Felix are already, you know, well on their way down that path. And objectively, Wu is the best of them. He is the one with a family. He is the one with a conscience. He is the one who's like, we set out to do good, you know, and he, he brought their little team together. I feel like that opening narration is talking about his fall from grace further on down the line. Because... Stick to code names. <laughs> I think we're going to have to wait till season 15 to see if he ever comes back or That's if what he's I'm even thinking. still alive. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's going to be a villain somewhere mm -hmm. down the line. He's going to have a fall from Red... Grace and Locus and, and Felix are going to have to take him out. Either they're going to have to take him out or they stab him in the back to make a getaway and ultimately that just sends him, or he loses his family and that mm. sends him on a deep dark path. I feel like season 15 he's going to come back to be a villain. I honestly thought that he was going to die at the end of yeah. this little trilogy, just the way they set it up and that we know he's not with the two of them committing genocide for money because oh my god what the hell. Which, which is exactly why I think that opening narration is about him because we don't see him with them on that planet. We uh he again he has the furthest to fall so he fits that kind of description a lot better than the two of them do at this point and three we, you know we get him running that red light at the very end assuming mm -hmm. he was the one driving i kind of feel like you know and well, well felix see, wasn't driving he got shot well, in the leg we see the look on his face when um when he says you know you Brought, you shouldn't have brought family into this. And he's like, well, you did first. And you see that look on his face. Those are some hilariously petulant dying words. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? You put your last words on a tombstone, you did first. All right. But it's true. It is true. They shot his son in the head and then blew him up. <laughs> um, but yeah, Some so might I, say overkill, I would not. I, Which, what a great bluff. 
Yeah, no, mm. it was great. Uh, but that entire setup at the quarry was amazing. I think the setup the setup was good, but having him at gunpoint didn't didn't matter. I, yeah. I think that was the only thing that didn't make sense in their plan because he was like, I don't, fuck, I don't care. His his words himself. My my son is the worst thing I have brought into this world. A fucking disgrace. Why would hey we're gonna kill him still mean anything to him? That's because, that's the one thing that I didn't like about it. Because Felix was like still it. trying to push that angle, and that was the angle he'd been pushing. Oh, when you're bluffing. They, you're bluffing. When they <laughs> hung up the phone, so it makes sense to give the appearance of still attempting to push that angle yeah. of giving the appearance. Uh, Appearance, appearance that Gabriel is still a player in this field, despite the fact that Locust definitely punctuated call by just, <laughs> wow, just that was not a turn I was expecting. <laughs> that you want to talk about pragmatic, that would be it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Joseph in the chat. Cyrus is the meta 2.0. Oh God, <laughs> can, that would can, be so cool. Can we not with bringing the meta back? Well, I know I just said he was one of my favorite villains, but please, can we not? Oh, no, he's not? dead. He's dead, dead, dead. He's well, super dead. He, he has be... gone to join the choir's eternal. He has shuffled off this mortal coil. He is an ex-meta. Yeah, Never that's mind. I know of that. Oh, what, what were you going to say? Nothing. It'll come up later. Okay. <laughs> okay. That just, that, that is one of, that, that is one of the hills in fandom that I will die on. The meta is dead, full stop. But, uh, but yeah, no, this, this whole... Do we want to talk about that action scene at the quarry, too? I think we need to talk about that action scene at the quarry. Do anybody want to spend more time on the call? Because we we just kind of burst in and out of it. I I just... Was there something in particular you wanted to talk about in there? Well, I mean, they brought it up in episode three, but I'm surprised nobody made a note of it in episode two that he never brought up Cyrus in in the call. It's like, I saw the two of you. I know your aliases. I know your faces. Um, Because Cyrus was waiting outside, unable to communicate Mm because Felix took off his comms. And actually, (laughs) speaking of Cyrus really quick, something else about your theory. I I looked at it from, uh, I'm looking at it from a behind the scenes uh, aspect. If you're getting an actor like Chris Sabat, Exactly. Why would he only be in three episodes? Exactly. Unless it's a Funimation show where he's just he just happens to be there, you don't cast Chris Sabat as a bit part. No, I think I, if, if we're talking about amount of episodes, I think he could do over nine thousand. Sorry, I'm done. And um, we're there. Yeah, we're here. We have um, to have something on I'm the soundboard it took for so this, long. right? <laughs> well, I was, I was trying to get there. It took um, forty-five minutes. <laughs> we haven't but gone honestly, that long. He said that he knew their code names, their scars, etc. He never heard their voices because they took the camera out. So for all he knew, Cyrus freaking out on the phone was Locust speaking. Yeah. They never identified Cyrus by name while that phone call was going on. So he did have a good point there that, you know, Lozano didn't know that he existed. Mm-hmm. That he could have just ghosted and there wouldn't have been a difference. <laughs> yeah. And that's why it was so important that he actually did stay and stick around to help them fight shows just how much he believed in the, the the doomed cause that is their partnership. I feel like his <laughs> conscience would not have let him go. No, and that's what I mean. He is the best of them. He is the best of the three of them. And since he didn't die... Yeah, no. Him being the best of the three of them is absolutely why I thought he was going to bite it. I thought either... You know, they would throw him under the bus for something, or he would be there and attempt to say that. Like I, I was absolutely certain he he just had Amadai painted all over him, and it's like, oh. and because he didn't, that's why I think he's going to turn into a villain. But mm-hmm. um, but ultimately, I I want to talk a little bit about the pacing of uh of the episode call as well, mm-hmm. because 
one really good way you can mess up suspense is by messing up pacing. And that entire episode, what was it, 10, 12 minutes? It was like 11 minutes, it, including correct. You minutes. felt every second of it because that conversation with Lozano was so intimidating mm -hmm. and so creepy. It was just so good. And I, I love the little detail that when Felix called, he didn't pick up, but then he called back. It's basically saying, no, the ball is in my court now. Mm. Let's play. Yep. Little like, details. Little you don't detail. call me, I call you. Exactly. <laughs> All right. And just, God, let's talk about this action scene and consequences. Because consequences was like 85% action scene. Mm -hmm. Let's be real. I, I loved Lozano. And this was a detail that I didn't pick up until I was watching the three of them back to back to back earlier this afternoon. That Gabriel had a baseball bat that Felix ostensibly used it on him because it didn't have a blood spatter when Gabriel picked it up and he lost it in that first episode. And that that was the same bat that Lozano was using at the end there. Yeah. Going Lucille on people. <laughs> um, I do want to point out one other thing about the call. I just only now remembered it. When Loki shot him in the head, jaw on the ground. Oh I my was God, so... yes. Cause, because we had been humanizing them, I forgot locust was locust for and a then minute. you're like oh yeah it's this guy oh yeah <laughs> it's a little surprising yeah it to was, say the least. just a little bit it was just a such little bit good punctuation for not only the yelling that felix and cyrus were doing but just the whole episode because that's the end of the episode shoot a guy code, code names <laughs> it's like <laughs> ah <laughs> I want to know what the direction was in the booth for Gray. Just like, no, be, be a little less angry. Just be very, yes. Ah, so I want though. a blooper reel for the VO recordings. I just do. Be great. I want like an hour and a half of blooper reel. I would, I, I would only want one for Felix. I wouldn't want one for anybody else. <laughs> I would just hear Maybe... Miles warm up into Felix, get into character mm. for that. Maybe Gabriel, but not. Oh, yeah, Gabriel, uh, David Jennison. Yeah, so good. Face. So good. Yeah, for those of you guys who didn't know, he did a really great watch, job. You can watch that interview on After Buzz TV. Go look, look it up. That came out, right? Yep. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, ago. I know it was a while ago, ago but I don't. I, oh, but we I know also interviewed him at RTX, so go check that out and look up more about his awesome game. It's mm -hmm. super cool. Plugs. Plugs. Mm. I. I loved Consequences. I loved the start of it, of just being, you know, very quiet at the beginning, and then Felix making awful, awful jokes that we're not sure if it was an attempt at levity or just being an asshole because he's Felix. But well, hey, there's there's a pileup on the 34, so that'll give us some time if we just want to kill ourselves. Like, oh well, my god. And, and it shows that ultimately this partnership is not going to last, because even though Cyrus does stick around to help them, they turned on each other really quick. Mm -hmm. It did not take much for Felix to start pointing a gun at Cyrus. But I feel like Cyrus and Locus almost have an understanding. Cyrus and Locus? Yeah. Ah. Yeah, it's uh, the lecture at he... the first bit. I expected him to take off his comms, but I didn't expect this from you. Mm -hmm. And just the exchange I'm at the beginning. I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. And just the exchange, at the, <laughs> the exchange at the beginning of consequences. Like, I feel like the two of them have an understanding, and if Felix wasn't in the picture, that those two would work together fairly well as well. Like, I feel like that could be a really interesting partnership to explore. Nice house, picket fence, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Full 10. Why not? Locust just kind of becomes the uncle to Cyrus's ostensible kids. Who, who says that he's not exist. already? 
Who says that he's not already? We don't know the we don't know the family life. Yeah, because then you'd Uncle have to, Sam. Because then you'd have to bring Uncle Felix, and nobody wants Uncle Felix around the children. I, but that that's be- a problem. That becomes a talking point. It was like, how come he got to come over for Thanksgiving and I didn't? And then <laughs> because there's more the last tension. time you came over for dinner, you used your combat knife at the table, and Megan to carve was sad. The turkey. <laughs> Speaking of that, did anybody notice how terrible of a shot he was with his knife? Yes, I was so that was too. <laughs> He probably spent hours and hours and hours practicing it after things like that happened. Yup. That made me laugh. And then getting shot in the leg again. For like the fourth time in four seasons. But didn't he mention that? Didn't he, like, always after Locust shot him? Yeah, something. Yeah, like, something, something why the, is it always the leg? Yeah. <laughs> something like that, yeah. But um, I really loved how this episode was able to bring it back to action and levity after such an intense, like, you know, episode with Call. Like, Call it raised the stakes. It really did, but it didn't take long into consequences before it was like, hey, you remember that? Awesome, fun fight from uh, from club. Yeah, we're gonna do that again. Only less yeah. dance music, but it's still gonna be awesome. And the sniping, the dynamite—they really did have everything set up. They just had a big trap set, and they were like, "Come on in." Yeah, if we didn't fun. already know these characters, like if this is the first time we were ever introduced to them, I would assume they are the good guys, mm-hmm. you know, or th- at least like the anti-hero, you know, Suicide Squad sort of fellows. Um, and that they would be our heroes for an hour and a half long movie. Does that make Cyrus their Amanda Waller? I don't know. (laughs) No, because Cyrus has morals. Uh, No, but they would have... I mean, wouldn't Amanda Waller be the person that brought them together who we haven't met yet? uh, they, They did say that Cyrus was the one that found the two of them and proposed this little arrangement. Oh, how romantic. That's so nice. Hey, all right, OT3. Anyway. I also just want to point out that um, Cyrus's wife, her name is Megan, and uh, it always bothers me when characters named Megan just happen to be in trouble. That just just makes me generally feel uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't like that. Name them something else, please. <laughs> it's that, that I, I had that moment during Voltron. Oh, it's Katie. What? Please, <laughs> no. Hush. Oh, Pidge's yeah, girlfriend. So, yeah. That's right, Pidge's girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, it's just, it's kind of hard to recap nothing but a straight action scene. Mm-hmm. Because, like, let's talk about all the punching and kicking that occurred. Uh, just robot legs and awesomeness. And putting <laughs> the construction equipment to good use. Mm. Oh, my God. That was amazing. <laughs> and, and speaking of robot legs, putting a, a good word, a, a, a good side for robot legs as opposed to Mercury. So we get a good side of what the, the positive of robotic limbs can be as opposed to the bad well, side. Well, I thought Ironwood was a, a oh, positive true. example as well. So we've got two positive examples and one negative example. Shame on you, Mercury. It's basically, and then there's this asshole. Yeah, pretty much. like there's always this, one. Is that? It's Mercury's autobiography. And then there's this <laughs> <laughs> I can't read it. I, mean, I would read that book. I'd put that on my Kindle. Mmm. <laughs> I, I did like the detail that it was Cyrus that wound up near the limo going after Lozano and that Lozano turned the tables on the one guy that he hadn't known was actually there. But he stuck around. Like, that that's what I thought was interesting. And again, I was absolutely certain he was going to bite it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to, obviously, that's what everybody was expecting because we don't see him later on down the line. So well done on this little trilogy for being able to sort of play with those expectations and flip it around a little bit on its head. Agreed. Oh, that was a much happier ending than I was ever expecting. Nature is so fucking cliche. Yeah. That <laughs> made me very happy. Just because you know everyone was thinking it like, oh, the danger's over and now the sun rises. Oh, oh, you're not wrong. <laughs> and then just pawning the Hummer. Because let's face it, Hummer limos are one of the most classless things you can possibly do with that amount of money. They're terrible. They're just terrible. And I, I just sort of picture, because um, I'm a big fan of like bounty hunter stories, you know, um, like Cowboy Bebop and Outlaw Star, where they're like constantly having to scrape by. And when it comes to like equipment costs versus the bounty that they pull in, it's yeah. still like, oh, we're still poor. Um, and Cyrus not wanting to get a traffic ticket because money is tight. So I really liked when they drove off into the sunrise uh, yeah. with, with the car and, you know, after their equipment costs, they're probably not. It's like probably five bucks a piece. Mm. Yay, that was a good night's work. Uh, <laughs> what are we doing for tomorrow night? Well, they got paid rich in experience. That, that's what it was. Um, Rosina, experience will kill you. Rosina18 in chat says, I mean, Simmons is technically part robot as well. That's true. So we do have that, albeit much less of a badass example. Uh, Yeah. He, I feel like he's barely on the scale at that point. <laughs> anyway. He's on some sort of a scale. Do we have any final notes on consequences? Just going to hammer it home. I really think Cyrus is going to be a villain. Season 15. I, I think this is a prologue for season 15 in some way. Oh, but, yeah. So maybe Cyrus, an, a, coming off, it will be built into a villain. Maybe not start off as one, but... My final note is very small. I just like Locus at the beginning telling Felix, if you waste one of our rounds on yourself, I will be very unhappy. <laughs> like, what are you going to do after he's dead? I'm going to kill you so much more dead. <laughs> we'll bring you back and then kill you. kill you again. Yeah. But with a knife, damn it. Because I would just waste another bullet. I mean, if, I there's, know, right? if there's anybody that could double kill a corpse, it would be Locus. I'd, I'd put a few people on that list. Let's be real. But yeah, no, he would definitely be the one here. Um, do we have any final notes on these four episodes in general? Just, I can't believe Red versus Blue has stepped up to this sort of level um, in terms of the art style. Like, I never thought we'd see something like this from Red versus Blue. No. Um, and so I just can't can't stress how much I loved this and how much I am looking forward to seeing more of this from them as a production studio moving forward. Well, and it's great that they've got this, I keep messing up what kind of season this is. Anthology. My, my brain just goes, amalgam. And I'm like, no. No, that is not the term for this. Thank you. <laughs> All of my undertale playing is coming <laughs> back to bite me. The fact that they're doing an anthology and they can explore all of these different styles and they can explore all of these different stories, it's really opening the door for a lot of fun and interesting stuff. And this, I think, is one of the prime examples of what this type of creative freedom lets them do. Because mm. normally you've got Red versus Blue, you are machinima and you are animated and you are attempting to hit the sweet spot and the Venn diagram overlap between the two. But this is just like, you got three episodes, Go, be great, and it did. It knocked it out of the park. Um, I think the the great thing about this is uh, I was telling 
scores of people, like ridic ridiculous amounts. Of, anybody that was in my life that had watched Red vs. Blue previously, I had said, it. you have to watch the season. You'll get a, you'll, there'll only be a couple of things that you may not get from recent seasons, but there's a lot of it that takes place within, with, before season one in Halo one. And then this, I mean, but when I was talking to them, it was, it, it was just the club at the time, but that was, that was fine. Um, but showing them a uh, little images and, and, and video and, and the music, like in the fight scenes and they're going, that's red versus blue. And that I think is my favorite comment to sum up this entire trilogy yes this is red versus blue uh i mean green and and orange and purple <laughs> versus gray but whatever um the, 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 I, I think that this finally opened up the what the rest of the season could be which is an idea them looking not not saying that this is what the company is doing but them trying to find ideas for how to move forward with a story for season 15. And and this is the first real big candidate. Though I am a big I would love to have more Brick Gulch that that's me. <laughs> um, this this would be equally as as amazing if we would get at least one more an entire season of this. And I would watch a full theatrical cut of any of the Sarge movies. Oh, all let's of them. be completely real. I would watch that. Any of the Sarge movies in this movie in particular. Yes. Mm. Just yes. Shut up and take my money. That's all I have to say. That it's just I'm looking forward to it. I'm not gonna lie. I miss our crew as it is, and I wish we would get more chorus. That's. I, th I feel like for this season, it's less predictions and more tiny wish list. Hopes. Because how can we make predictions when it's an anthology and we're starting up a fresh story this coming week? Like, who knows? Well, I mean, do, do y'all know what this week's episode is? Nope. No? no? They're, they've been doing previews over at ScrewAttack because it's a death battle! Yeah! We got on one side, we've got Carolina taking on the meta. Okay, Which so is why when you brought up the meta, I was though. like, okay. how does nobody, like, the meta's coming, like, quote-unquote coming back, but it's going to be a straight-up knockout, drag-out fight between Carolina and the meta. I so cannot that, wait. Okay, that makes all of the sense. Yep. Now, it's funny, because and I definitely have you get to see it early if you're a sponsor. If you're a Except firstie. we go by first now. Mm -hmm. I definitely have my money on Carolina, but it also kind of depends on when in the timeline they're both being pulled from. That's and this important. is where we get really super nerdy because when are they pulling them from? Because if it's at the end of season 10, obviously we had this battle play out, but boy, were there ever extenuating circumstances. Nerd. Are we talking about the meta <laughs> at the end of season six? Or are we talking about season eight in Carolina? Or are we talking about after chorus? Or are we talking about middle of season Does 10? Does the meta where have are we Sigma? Going? Um, exactly. Carolina does have Epsilon. So that's okay. that's one thing I don't remember the meta. They, Do they each get one AI if that's the I, case? I don't rec I don't recall. But if you go onto ScrewAttack's YouTube, they have previews for each of the fighters, so you Ooh. know you know what they're going into the fight with. So I feel like if you want, because I haven't watched either of the previews, I feel like if you want strongest they've ever been, you want mid season six meta and end of season ten Carolina. Yeah, again, hmm. money's on Carolina, but that's just wish fulfillment because I love her. Keep throwing money at it, but nothing happens. <laughs> I love her okay. so much. Okay, so yeah, tweet us this. Who do you think will win? 
Give us your predictions then. I want to hear. And for this. those of you who saw it at RTX, don't don't spoil yeah, it. Yeah, no, don't do the thing. Please Wait, don't. Didn't they? Didn't they? No, they they, they did. didn't show this death battle. They showed a different death battle. Okay. They showed a non non Halo. Okay, non I thought death I, I didn't that go to the screw yeah. attack. Uh, I think to, we were doing something else at the time. So yeah, yeah I no, I, this, I was thinking they got to see y'all it. Y'all would have found out. Like y'all would have known. <laughs> yeah, but people no, would have told they, us at this point. I they, think. I believe they announced that their next death battle would be a part of season 14 of Red vs. Blue, okay. but they didn't announce who who was going to be in it. So. Sweet. Okay. So that's at All least right. our first yeah. episode back. Money on okay. Carolina then. Yep, me too. We we might be eating these words in four weeks. Fine, I'll just I'll be the contrarian. I'll go meta. Really? Why not? I love okay. I love Carolina. I, I love everything about Carolina's character, um, but if, if it's just a fight... Um, he is a big, hulking mass of a person. And he's but got the boom shot. fast. And uh, that's the, the classic thing. strength versus speed. It yeah. really is. Doesn't matter how strong but you are if you can't land a he hit. He also survived being shot in the throat multiple times and kicked off a bridge. True. <laughs> and then he drowned. From a moving vehicle. So, yeah. And then he drowned. That was how he died. And yes, he's dead. Oh my God. I think I just blew out the mic. I apologize. Happens. Yeah, especially on the shows I'm on. Oh, I think I there's a pattern. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be so cool. So, yeah, if that, that's, I guess that is our predictions corner. We can actually have predictions Carolina! Yes. Carolina. Yeah. Sweet Caroline. So, i take a minute to talk to you guys about iTunes. Thank you so much to everyone who has reviewed. We adore you. You are lovely human beings. If you want this show to stay on the air, if you want us to keep recapping the crazy, wonderful season that this has been, Best thing you can do, go to iTunes, find our podcast, Red vs. Blue After Buzz TV After Show. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, you know, subscribe to our podcast, up that survi subscri survivor count. Subscriber <laughs> count. Column A, column B. Do it to survive. A There's a slip. Venn diagram overlap, I'm sure. Um, leave us five stars and tell us why you like it, because our producers take a look at these ratings and go, hey, people like this show. We should keep it on the air. And I mean, the red versus blue motto is as long as people keep watching it, we'll keep making it. So as long as you guys still like the show and tell the producers that you like it, we'll still be here. Also, if you leave a review, you get a shout out on the podcast because we love you. So we have, I think, four since last time because I don't think we had a chance to read them last time. We have uh, From Robots to Freelancers by Artful Mexican. When I found out you guys do an RVB after show, I had to immediately follow. You guys put so much thought into this and bring up awesome theories and headcanons. Keep up the good work, and I can't wait. And I can't. I, I just lost a word there. And I can't wait to listen to you guys talking about my favorite series. Oh, you lovely human Aww. being. We have great show from Brumby13. I'm super late to your podcast, but I love it all the same. I love hearing all the different predictions and theories. It makes me not feel sick like a dork. Like sick. Sick. Like such a dork. Autocorrect. Like hates like everything. <laughs> like such a dork for still liking these red and blue soldiers in the middle of a box canyon. We all love these red and blue soldiers in the middle of a box canyon. Um, amazing show from Coley Shaz. I'm able to hear... Not able to hear your show live like I want. I'm not a sponsor, but I catch up when I can and I love you guys. Please keep it up. Okay, Aww. so... We recommend you be a sponsor, but you don't have to because these episodes do release the day after for people who are logged into the RT site and just having an account is free. So even if you are not a member of the first sponsor, I don't even know how to say that. If you're not a sponsor, if you're not a firsty, first e, first e. I have no idea. Firsty, is that what we're going with? That's what the, that the, the company says. Awesome. 
even if you're not a firsty, you can st- if you're not firsty, then get a drink. <laughs> you can still watch it the next day if you have an account and are logged into the Rooster Teeth site. So please do the thing because that's the schedule re- we run on. The Rooster Teeth releases, not the YouTube releases. And finally, we have I Like the Podcast from Rex9460. This is a great podcast, and I love the guests. Keep up the good work. We will attempt to do so. So yes, please like, comment, subscribe, do all of that wonderful stuff. That is what keeps us on the air. Do we have any final comments, predictions, any of that fun stuff? Anything we have something from, from the, the chat. chat? Yes. Joseph Saburin says, I want an episode of what exactly happened in Carolina's flashback in season 13 when she went and spoke to Santa. Ooh. Honestly, I feel like that's better left to our imaginations mm. because she told us, and I don't need to watch that carnage play out. Ouch. Uh feelings Ouch. inside i mean she straight up told us what happened in there and I, I i feel like that's a thing that we can fill in with our imaginations and it would be worse than well, anything they could ever show us she didn't tell us like we caught we caught the very beginning of it and then it cut away and she's like i don't want to talk about it no didn't she say i watched them all die I feel like that was a thing that occurred. Either way, it doesn't seem f- humanly possible. So yeah. let, let's we'll move see. past it. it. Would but be it sounds fun and fun. interesting and also cool. very painful. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching. We got a wrap. We will see you in four weeks' time. In the meantime, Mark, where can the people find Four weeks? We're going to see them in two weeks' time for the Camp Camp After Show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which you can find. Uh, we did our first episode with Elizabeth Maxwell. An absolute amazing episode. We had a lot of fun. We have camp activities. Uh, you should draw yourself as a Camp Campbell camper, uh, camper and uh, tell us what sort of camp you would be involved in. We've already had amazing su- uh, submissions. Such good awesome. fan art, guys. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark B. Donica, but you can follow all of us at ABTV Rooster Team, we retweet all of that. Uh, any Rooster Teeth news, uh, we, we tweet out that as much as possible. Um, but yes, follow us there. Um, check out all of our interviews from RTX if you haven't yet. Still a lot of fun, as well as um, our interviews from Comic-Con, um, Steven Universe, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, Scooby-Doo, uh, Curse of the Speed Demon. Uh, yeah, whole bunch of great stuff. Uh, Popcorn Talk, After Buzz, it's great. Check it out. Thank you for watching. All that jazz. I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Mangwin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I am also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, and I write articles for the Movie Chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. And I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at Kiajay. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I'm also on Snapchat at Kia Prime. You will see me and Megan back here tomorrow night at 10 p.m. for the Voltron Legendary Defender After Show. We are starting that up. It's gonna be a blast. You should come. It will be amazing. Steven Universe is also back on. We are doing that Mondays at 10 p.m. until they stop airing episodes again because what is a consistent airing schedule? We just don't know. Tune in for those. They are super fun. Thank you guys so much for watching. We will see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Stick to codes. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.